Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking. You've got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. We're glad to have you. It's getting crazy out there. We have got an uncertain world. And what is certain? Well, there's, there doesn't seem to be anything certain right now. But you got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, where last week we had a show of Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House. If you didn't get to hear that show, go back and listen to that show. And it's very important. And this week, on this week's show, we have Dr. Michael Brown. And he he speaks to a lot of evangelicals. And he has a book. It's called, it talks about the Trump test. Now, what does evangelicals and the Trump test mean? Well, Dr. Michael Brown is going to explain that. This is a very important show if you're an evangelical, if you like Trump, if you hate Trump, if you don't like evangelicals, if you're Muslim or Jewish or you don't have any religious persuasion. Let me just say that this this conversation of Dr. Michael Brown will be very important to listen to. And toward the end of the conversation we have we speak with dr brown about an awakening or a revival at the very end so listen for that and then i'll have a few points to make right after the conversation i had with dr michael brown just a a time of uh trying to grasp on something that's certain in this time of uncertainty and anybody that tells you they know which way the wind's going to blow in November, they're lying because there's so much has happened. Just think about the coronavirus and how it's affected this entire nation. Think about the protest, the riots, the unrest. And so nobody knows what's in the future between now and November. But get a, getting a grasp on how people should feel, Dr. Michael Brown comes at this and he's got a book about it so we'll be talking to dr michael brown and just before we get to that conversation with dr brown first take a listen to this the devil bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat and he laid that golden fiddle on the ground at johnny's feet johnny said devil just come on back if you ever want to try again because i told you once you son of a gun i'm the best as ever been he played found a mountain run for the run Devil's in the house of the rising sun Chicken in the bread pan, I'm picking out dough Granny, we don't find no child, no Most Americans know that's the sound coming from uh, Charlie Daniels. And 
Last week we said goodbye to Charlie Daniels here on this earth. He's going where he don't have to worry about the devil <laughs> playing any fiddle. He, the devil's uh, nowhere near where Charlie Daniels is now, and that's for sure. And I got to tell you that uh, over the years, Charlie Daniels just meant so much to me, so many Americans. I never met the man, but his music touched me and others in so many ways. And he was a great American patriot now. He stood up for this country. And he didn't mind standing up. And he took the fire from whatever side came at him to stand up for America and stand up for our country's founding and how we came together. And he loved America. And his music will be a legacy we'll listen to time and time again. And talking about the devil going down to Georgia, and so many of his songs, but I just have to say that that just, I believe, is appropriate for this week's uh, conversation of Dr. Michael Brown. We're not going to talk about the devil, but the devil's in the details, right? Well, <laughs> let's get on the line, and Dr. Michael Brown has written many books, and I just want, and he has a show that comes on a regular basis. A lot of evangelicals listen to him, and he comes from a Jewish background. And there's something that's special about his show over the years. It's just he's had a solid footing and foundation and at the same time speaks to what's going on in the culture. So let's get him on the line right now. We're glad to have on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, Dr. Michael Brown. He's the author of more than 35 books and he's founder and president of Ask Dr. Brown Ministries. He's got a new book called Evangelicals at the Crossroads, Will We Pass the Trump Test? Uh, that, that is a mouthful in the title, and, and it's a big question for today. So, uh, Dr. Michael Brown, tell us, what, what is the Trump test? Yeah, so by the Trump test, I mean this. Donald Trump is the most unique president we've ever had, and he's the most unique president for evangelical Christians. On the one hand, he's kept his word like nobody else to, to the evangelicals. He's fought for religious liberties. He's been pro-life. He's appointed conservatives to the courts. He stood with Israel. All the things he said he would do, he would do so he should get our vote. We should be standing with him. On the flip side, he has been the most unchristian president in terms of his behavior towards others, lying, exaggerating, tearing people down the tweets, and all of this. So to the extent that we stand with him, we can look unchristian because we've been the ones all the years, like morality is important, right. character is important. Right. We want someone with integrity. So some people look at this. There's no way that you could be a real Christian and not vote for Donald Trump. And other people say there's no way you could be a real Christian and vote for him. So in evangelicals at the crossroads, I think I'm the only major national evangelical leader who's a Trump supporter, who said, okay, here are all the arguments against Trump, here are all the reasons why he's done bad harm, but then answer all of that with the, the reasons why we can and should vote for him. So can we vote for Donald Trump while preserving our testimony as Christians in the society? That's the Trump test. And, uh, there's a lot of my listeners who are evangelical christians and we got some listeners who are uh, who are not christians and uh, a large jewish audience and when you look at this how do you vote this is an election that is divisive uh, we had uh, 
uh, former speaker Newt Gingrich on last week's show, and he was telling us in his new book about this is the most important election since 1860 when President Lincoln was elected. Uh, how, how do you see this election coming up in American, uh, in the view of American history, Dr. Brown? Yeah, well, Newt Gingrich knows his American history and political history even better than, than I do, much better than I do. But I agree. I mean, look, we are right now just as divided, if you look at it, as we were then. I, I don't know that there's any time in our history that we have been as divided as a nation as we are. And it's not all Trump's fault. I mean, you look back to the election of Barack Obama and think, okay, that's going to bring a lot of, of unifying and healing right. on our first black president. But his style of leadership was such that, that it was very divisive and played into the identity politics. And now, with Trump in, on the one hand, because he's been a strong conservative, because of his uh, justice appointments, because of his strong stance against China and, and many of the things he's done, uh, he, he has gotten tremendous allegiance from people saying, finally, somebody stands up. Finally, somebody pushes back against the radical left and the media and all that. At the same time, the, the way he's done things, the way he's attacked, you know, sometimes you think, okay, you just had a great victory. Why destroy it with a tweet the next morning? <laughs> yeah. Why go after some little person and call them a dog? And it doesn't right. help your cause. So the, the divisions have gotten more intense. And, and what's happened for a lot of evangelical Christians, because Trump has fought for their cause, because he hasn't backed down, because he takes on the leftist media, there, there's almost the feeling like, well, at last we have this champion who's taking a stand and won't back down. But on the flip side, if we, if we make him into some kind of savior figure or he's going to fight our battles for us, he, he fights dirty, too, and it's, it's not good for us. So what we have to do, and, and I know many of your listeners will say, yeah, we think Trump's a bad guy, and if, if, if you vote for him, it makes you look bad. What I say is this. Listen, it's a binary choice, basically, when it comes to the elections. You know, you may have other parties, but it's really a, a twofold choice. So for me, it was Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. I didn't like Trump during the primaries. I didn't trust him. Well, he's gained my trust in terms of keeping his word, but it was him versus Hillary Clinton. Who would have she appointed to, to the courts? And, and what would she do about religious liberties? And, and where would she stand on, on radical LGBT activism and, and on and on? So I look at that, and now it comes to, to Trump versus Joe Biden. The, the Democrat Party has gotten even more extreme, going further to the left. Absolutely. This is not the, the, the old party, say, of Bill Clinton. You know, it's, it's gone way left. And, and I look at the social anarchy in the society, and I think, okay, it's basically Trump or social anarchy, Trump or socialism. So here's what I say to everyone. If you want to know my life, watch my life. Watch my testimony. Watch my conduct. Watch how I interact with my family. Watch me in the workplace. Look at my ministry. Scrutinize my writings. Go through all, do all of that. Check me out. That's who you'll find out the kind of person I am. Jesus is my Savior. He gets my heart, my life, my soul. The president gets my vote. That's it. He's not my Savior. He's not my Lord. I don't identify with him. I've got to vote for a president. Who am I going to vote for? And, and, and that's what I try to do in evangelicals at the crossroads. Let's bottom line things here. A vote is a vote. A vote is not my whole life. A vote is not how you judge it. When you stand before God, he's not going to ask you the first question, what did you do with Donald Trump? That won't be the first question. So let's put okay. things in proper perspective. Well, one of the things that we've covered on this show in the past is how uh, Trump 
he can't afford to lose his base and that's what the radical media and everybody wants to break up his base they've tried to do that and so in a way he's held on to the evangelicals because that's a big part of his base and he's done more for them politically than any president in my lifetime that i can tell and and so the that brings us to this point where in this divisive election when you have people like uh well let's just say john bolton you know who was in the administration came out and wrote a tell-all book and he says he can't vote for trump and i'm thinking well you say you're not gonna vote for trump you're not gonna vote for biden um Every time someone who doesn't vote for Trump, it is helping elect Joe Biden. So what do you do? And there are some uh, Christians I know that did not vote for Donald Trump last time. They said, I got principles. But like you said, now he has a track record. And, and I didn't know. Nobody knew who he's going to put on the Supreme Court. But he has put conservatives. And he's governed in a conservative manner much more than anybody ever really thought he would. So therefore, uh, what? What is your answer to people who say, I just can't vote for him because I'm a Christian. I just can't vote for him for what he does. And yet you see a vote. If you don't vote for Trump, then you are you're voting for anarchy, you're voting for defunding the police, voting for a America that we've never seen before, and it's scary. So how, how do you convince people they should vote uh, for Trump? Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. Uh, I, when I wrote the book, I sent a chapter to, to an editor to look at, and it turns out that he's a never-Trumper for these very reasons. Uh-huh. I just can't vote for the man. He read the chapter. He said, I'm voting for Trump. That wasn't even my intent in sending it, but uh-huh. when he looked at things from a different mm-hmm. angle, it, it helped him to do it. So let, let's just think this through. Okay. It, it, Help us out. Instead of listening to the leftist media, which is telling us, if you want to show your integrity and show that you're a real Christian, Distance yourself from Trump. That's a lot of bunk because they don't like our stand on abortion. They don't like our stand on homosexuality. They don't like our stand on a hundred other things. Uh-huh. They're, they're not going to suddenly embrace us if we distance ourselves from Trump. And, and sometimes the leftist media will tell the Republicans, here's what you need to do to win. Oh, right. they, don't, right. they don't want the Republicans <laughs> to win. They're just saying, hey, use the strategy because yeah. you'll lose. So I am not going to play the game of trying to prove to the left my integrity or trying to prove to the left the the quality of my faith and as you say trump has done more for evangelicals and has stayed true to them more than any president in our lifetimes and when other presidents have been elected be it george w bush or ronald reagan once they're in somehow washington puts a wall around them and evangelicals lose their contact it's been the reverse with trump to this day the door open. Evangelical leaders meet, meeting with black evangelicals to deal with right. race issues and so on. He continues to do that. So I look at it in a very, very simple way. I look at someone like Al Mohler, Southern Baptist leader, mm-hmm. could not vote for Trump in 2016. He's asked how he's going to vote in 2020. He said, Trump has been a huge embarrassment, but when I look at the alternative, Trump gets my vote. Middle East expert Daniel Pipes supported Ted Cruz, militantly opposed Donald Trump did everything he could basically to distance himself from Trump and the Republicans at that time. 2020, he's voting for Trump. He's looked at the alternatives and he said, hey, he's kept his word. So here's what I want my friends to hear. Uh Fellow evangelicals or Christians of different persuasions or just people of conscience. What are you voting for? Uh, Ultimately, that's the question. What are you voting for? Let me stop you right there, (laughs) Dr. Brown, before you tell everybody what are you voting for because I want to know and I know my listeners want to know, what are you voting for? 
2020 for President of the United States. And Dr. Brown, I know you're going you're ready to give us that answer, but let me remind everybody you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. And we're speaking of Dr. Michael Brown. He's talking about evangelicals and the Trump test. So as in just a minute, he's going to tell us, you know, to explain to us what are we voting for. And, and I can't wait to hear his answer. But I do want to remind you, even as Dr. Brown has some great books, and his book about evangelicals and the Trump test is out there. But Doc Holliday has a book along with Dr. Alveda King and Dr. Alex McFarland. We've got a book called Bedrock Truths. You can get that book by just going to the front page of our website right here on Rock Splitting Politics. It's on Web Talk Radio. Just, you can see a copy of the book, the book cover there. Click on that copy and it'll take you right to www.docholiday.org and you can order the book bedrock truth other books there you can look at and order even got some face mask orders you need to order some face masks but let me remind you as we uh dive further in this the conversation dr brown that throughout the next few weeks every week we'll have a new show we'll be focusing on different parts but this entire country is in a season of uncertainty and you want to find out things that you want to hear other places you come right here to doc holiday's rock splitting politics tell your friends and neighbors the reason we're growing getting our word out is because of people like you letting people know sending out this link and we appreciate the input i can't answer every email but please send your emails in love reading those and we will try to uh, answer the ones we can but listen this is an important time for America, important time for you and your family and what is happening. You've got to get the big picture sense. This is not a normal election year. I, I talked to Newt Gingrich last week. I called it the slingshot election. So one side is going to get further ahead than the other side, and, and both sides know that, and that's why there's such a battle. So please... Please stay in touch with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics as we help focus in 2020 in this very important presidential election and other elections for Senate and House of Representatives. Keep listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics now. Dr. Michael Brown, tell us what we're voting for. You're voting for which person would do the better job of being president of the United States, not which person is the best moral example? I would love it if Trump was a moral example. I would love it. I would love it if he, if, if he filtered his Twitter account. I would love it if he, you know, I'd love it if he made a lot of changes, right. but that's not the choice right now. And, it's a, and even so, it's a, it's a fallen system. Is either party perfect or the courts? No, the, the whole system is just it's a human system. So I'm making a really simple choice. It's not who's going to be the best moral example, who's going to be the one I can tell my children, hey, emulate this one. It's, it's a simple choice. Between the, the options, which person would do the better job governing America in the way that you think is best? It's that simple. And if you reduce it to that and say, okay, that doesn't affect my whole testimony, that doesn't affect my whole life, it's, it's almost like to boil this down to something really simple. You know, you're at a restaurant, and you have a choice mm -hmm. between different sides. You know, you can get grilled vegetables, right. or you can get this. Or, okay, it's not 
oh, they don't have your favorite. Okay, which other one would you like? So when it comes to the president of the United States, we're always going to have flawed choices. I mean, who of us would have picked two, two men going into their later 70s whose right. minds may not be as sharp as – I mean, you, know, you wouldn't pick it like that. But that's just the order of the day. And if we can tell the world, hey, watch my life to see what kind of person I am. You want to know what our church is like? Watch our ministry. Watch what we do in the community. We're not putting a sign in front of our church, Donald Trump is God, Donald Trump is Satan. We're not even putting a vote Trump sign in front of our church. We are serving the community and telling you about our faith and loving our neighbor. And everybody votes. This is what's the better choice? Boil it down. Make it simple. And I think if folks read Evangelicals at the Crossroads and read the pro and the con, look at something like this. Trump pushing back against China. That's massive. That's yeah. really massive. And the human rights issues and Trump speaking up about them. Isn't that a bigger character issue than he got nasty in a tweet? Well, what you're saying is and it, it is affecting the whole world. And, and, you know, of course, Trump is a lightning rod. And if you travel outside the United States, I mean, there, there's a there's this uh, media hatred against Trump. And yet in the middle of nowhere, you'll see Trump signs in other countries because they realize he's fighting back against uh, the political correctness, the the uh, the uh, world order or whatever you want to call it. So yeah. he has fans outside the United States. But I guess, Michael Brown, if you on the show, I, I really wanted to ask you about the one of the things we won't get into is this lawlessness that we are seeing. Yeah. We have statues coming down, uh, even a Frederick Douglass statues coming down of uh, uh, U.S. Grant. And, I mean, it doesn't make sense until you realize who's behind it is really the Marxist, the Marxist ideology that's uh, behind the Black Lives Matter organization. And they got a great slogan, Black Lives Matter, because that is true. But the organization is so Marxist that I can tell what I've looked up. Do you know more about the organization Black Lives Matter and who's pulling down these statues? Yes, you're 100% right in terms of the Marxist nature of this. It's really not controversial or conspiratorial. And, yes, I shout out to the world Black Lives Matter because – through much of our history and to this day, many black Americans feel that their lives do not matter to white Americans. So we shout that out, but we absolutely separate from the movement. The movement is founded by three women, two of them openly queer, their word. Two of them openly say, we are trained Marxists. The third is a student of liberation theology. Liberation theology in its roots is Marxist ideology. So out of their own words, we are trained Marxist. When you go to their statement, and I've got an article that's coming out, oh, probably any hour, and I did a video on this yesterday, looking back at their what we believe statement. Do you know, while they're referenced to mothers and parents and women, there is not a single reference to fathers in the statement? The only statements about men are negative statements or the suppressive patriarchal system. Do you know there is reference after reference to transgender, to queer? to gender identity, etc., and, and they, they make very plain that it's, it's, they are not just against, quote, white privilege, but heteronormative privilege, heterosexual privilege, heteronormativity. This is part of the enemy. So this is a larger, radical, feminist, queer-affirming, Marxist-based ideology 
that wants to change America in many fundamental ways. So we say yes and amen. When there's police brutality, let's speak out against it. Where there's injustice against people, let's address it. Let's stand together as Americans and be one. But there is a spirit of chaos, anarchy, lawlessness. It is not from above, it's from below. And Patrice Cullors, one of the three founders of BLM, she said plainly, we want to remove Trump. She said he needs to resign now, he's not fit for office, but we want to remove him. So you have to ask the question. The movement really got its momentum after the killing of my namesake, Michael Brown in Ferguson, even though the whole hands up, don't shoot thing was a myth. That's when it really got its energy. That was during the presidency of Barack Obama. So why didn't the riots continue nationally? Because there was no goal to take out the president at that time. There was a goal to incite chaos, to take out the president. And again, to me now, I'm looking at which way do I want to vote? Do I want to vote the way of, say, a Democrat city like Seattle, where the mayor pulls out of an area, pulls out the police, and says it's going to be like a summer of love, like a block party atmosphere? Right. And then two, two black teens are killed. The protesters march into her neighborhood. So much for the summer of love. You know, so is, is, do I want to go in that direction and the direction of, of mayors and governors in different cities shutting down churches, saying, hey, abortion services, those are essential. Liquor stores, they're essential. Churches are non-essential. Do I want to go in that direction or the direction where the president has his attorney general fighting for liberties of Christians and pushing back against the anarchy? So it's, again, which way do you want things to go? I may not like the, the way Trump does everything, but I'd much rather have him at the helm pushing back against the craziness than, say, Joe Biden at the helm. Well, you, you put lay things out, and then you hit some. Of course, we're in the middle of this uh, coronavirus response. I do want to ask you from uh, from your point of view that I, I know uh, on CNN, Chris Como said you you know you don't need help from above, and I know you you disagree with that. So, is it okay to pray for the scientists and the uh, doctors to? find a cure, to find a treatment, to find a vaccine. Is that all right to pray for that? We'd be crazy if we didn't. I just talked to someone in, involved in the, in, the, in the COVID-19 work, uh, uh, you know, working with health expert teams. I said, does anybody know what they're doing? She goes, no. I mean, the fact is, everybody's trying. People care. And then who knows who has other alternatives and what's being politicized and, and where big pharma comes in. Put all that aside. Let's say everybody's making their best effort. Nobody really knows what's going on. One day you wear the mask, don't wear the mask. This is contagious, this isn't contagious. We're in a crisis. And if Chris Cuomo had simply said, listen, pray, ask God for help, we need help, but don't leave it there. Do what you can. Love your neighbor. Help your community. I'd say amen. We would all say amen to that. But that's not what he said. He, he gets, finishes his little talk and says, we do not need help from above. He points up. He said it's within us. Yeah, it's within us. We're tearing our cities apart. We're shooting each other. We're dividing. We're hating each other. And we're dying like flies and infecting each other like flies. Within us is not looking too good. So let's do what we know how to do. But of course we pray. And in fact, we may not see a real solution to the deep problems in America until millions of us get on our knees and pray and say, God, we need help. We need help. We're we're putting superficial Band-Aids on life and death situations. God, have mercy. That's the best thing. Those three words, God, help us. 
God have mercy. Those are the best words any American on the planet could say right now. Well, uh, as we end up the show here, uh, I do, I, I think back in the riots of 68, I, I can barely remember. I was a child then, looting and everything. But we did have a national type of movement, the hippie movement, what do you want to call it, uh, that led into uh, revival and, and for a brief time there in the early 70s. I think that maybe this will put us in a situation where, once again, we can see some type of revival or an awakening in America. Absolutely. But listen, I have a unique story there. Okay. Because I was 13 in 1968 and saw my first rock concert, Jimi Hendrix. Oh, wow. I lived with as a uh-huh. Jewish kid, went to my first rock concert, uh-huh. saw Jimi Hendrix. By 14, I was getting high. By 15, I was shooting heroin. Mm-hmm. By 16, I was radically born again in what you referred to, the Jesus People Movement. And by the early 70s, hundreds of thousands of us were coming to faith at the same wow. time. Many of the churches weren't ready for the hippies and the radicals and the people walking in. Not only so, the other issue is this. Society basically shifted in the direction that we were going as far as the the counterculture revolution, Mm -hmm. uh, the radical feminism, the the sexual promiscuity, Mm -hmm. gay activism. Society as a whole shifted because the church didn't seize the moment. And, and Doc, I have grave concerns Mm -hmm. that we are right now in a parallel situation. And if the church doesn't seize the moment, because I believe we could see the greatest revival in American history if we seize the moment. If we don't seize the moment, we're going to go in a very dark direction. The mobocracy, the cancel culture, and our faith will come under attack like it never has. It is a critical moment in American history. Thank you for bringing that up, Dr. Brown. And we do have this window of opportunity. Last word, what would you encourage evangelicals and any, any American to do uh, as looking for a possible spiritual movement yeah don't have an escapist mentality don't look to get out of here say god we're here for such a time as this start praying god work revival start in my life change me change those around me and then reach out every way you know how don't be ashamed of the gospel and take your stand without fear thank you dr michael brown for being on doc holiday's rock splitting politics wow what an intelligent (laughs) articulate person dr brown is and toward the end i just want to say as uh as an evangelical myself with dr brown i think he helped the evangelicals look at the picture of what the difference between voting trump and voting for joe biden will be and you may not agree with dr brown you may be uh, of a different faith of jewish faith i know we got a lot of jewish listeners we also got listeners of muslim faith we got people around the world some people may not have any faith at all but one thing i mentioned to dr brown was what about a great revival and awakening and i don't think that should scare anybody of another faith i just want to remind you some people oh that's religious zeal that's religious zeal but the religious zeal of a great awakening emptied out the uh, emptied out the jail cells in the 1800s and, and documented in places around the country. And so it's a good thing for society. That doesn't mean everybody has to fall into some religious fever. But when a society wants to do better because that is how they feel like they should serve God by living better lives, then our society benefits the crime rate goes down. 
people build up instead of tearing down. It's it's happened before in America. And I've said on this show sometimes, I believe the first great awakening is the reason we have a nation called the United States of America. And some people who hate God, hate talking about God, they're the ones that can't stand the history of the great awakening or the second great awakening, which led to the abolitionists and the destruction of slavery. So there are many good things about a great awakening. That doesn't mean if you're not part of the Christian faith that it's not for you. Even a country that seeks to turn their heart toward God, even that, even though it may not touch everybody, it touches society in a way that is good, refreshing, it's building up, and everybody gets in on something that's good that happens that's what i was talking to dr brown about so wanted to fill that in for you and without getting too evangelical for some folks i just want to make sure you understand we want something good for all americans and what's good for america is good for the world all right thank you for listening to this week's doc holiday's rock splitting politics See you next week right here on webtalkradio.net. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.